Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Angels Envy. Envy is commonly regarded as a vice, but it can be a good thing. Envy can be a catalyst for creation, inspiring the world to raise the bar. And Angels Envy is a bourbon that is worth the envy. Angels Envy bends the rules. It's a little different from all the other bourbons out there because Angels Envy is the pioneer of secondary finishing in bourbon. Angels Envy is finished in port barrels, which adds a layer of complexity to the whiskey and gives it a unique and approachable flavor. Plus, Angels Envy is one of the first full production urban distilleries in downtown Louisville. And whether it's for someone special or to bring to a housewarming party, Angels Envy makes the perfect gift. These angels are so, they have so much envy with its unique bottle design. Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels is sure to be the envy of any bar cart too. Look for Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels. Please drink responsibly. Copyright 2024, Angels Envy bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, okay. Welcome to a very special episode of Love It or Leave It. We are recording this at the Worldwide Crooked Headquarters. I am joined by Emily Heller. Hi. Ira Madison. Hello. The third. <laughs> and Aaron Gloria Ryan. Hello. All-star return guests mm-hmm. to help us do a very first in-studio recording of Love It or Leave It. I was we have... told this was the Tournament of Champions. <laughs> <laughs> we have gathered all the interns and Crooked Media employees with no Friday night plans <laughs> <laughs> who are here to help give the feel Filled to capacity. of an audience in our studio. We are doing a very special Friday night recording because I had to cancel last night on the improv because I really tried to rally, but... Uh, Travis poisoned me, and um, I don't know what his game is. I don't know what he's after, but uh, I this was... This infighting on the left is getting out of control. He is a bad intern. <laughs> he tried to puke and rally, but puke won. It did. It did win, and I was very sorry to cancel. I've never canceled a Love or Leave it before. In fact, I did a show in Austin, and I shouldn't have because I ended up in the hospital. So I'm very sorry I canceled that show, but we're you know having a great experiment today. So far, it's happening. Uh, <laughs> just a reminder, if you haven't, uh, pledge to vote on November 6th. Be a voter. Unfuck America at votesaveamerica.com. That's all I have to say about that. That is our only housekeeping. All right, uh, guys, let's get into it. What a week. Okay. This is awful. <laughs> the New York Times on Friday reported that Rod Rosenstein talked privately about secretly recording Donald Trump and that he told Andrew McCabe, quote, that he might be able to persuade Attorney General Jeff Sessions and John F. Kelly, then the Secretary of Homeland Security and now the White House Chief of Staff, to mount an effort to invoke the 25th Amendment. This was a very heavily reported story, but also a deeply strange story. And it's unclear how much of what is in the Times report describes what took place and how much of this is part of a coordinated campaign to get Rod Rosenstein out of their way so they can get on with the pressing business of obstructing justice and strip mining national parks. So right before we started recording, uh, Donald Trump issued his first comment, and he said that they are still having to get rid of the lingering stench in the Justice Department. Um, Very clearly part of a campaign to undermine the investigations into Donald Trump and his associates. Aaron, what did you make of the story? I think the more nervous Donald Trump gets, the more I'm convinced that they're close to something 
big. Like, it's sort of the feeling of, you know, when you're a teenager and you sneak out of the house and if you've actually been fucking up and you come home and your parents are like, hey, where were you? Why are you five minutes late? And you're like, I wasn't fucking up. Like that, <laughs> it's, I don't think Donald Trump is much more emotionally developed than, a, I mean, to say he's as emotionally developed as a teenager is a little bit of a stretch. I think that he's somebody who his tell is that the more panicked he gets, the more close to the truth we are which I think we're getting closer to the truth. And, and I think it's a question of whether or not he's going to cut off our access to the truth before we get it or if the truth is going to get out first. Ira, one of the things that was funny about this story is this is all second or third hand. It's obviously, you know, the, the Times wouldn't run it if they didn't feel like they had it. But the question is whether Rod Rosenstein was describing using the 25th Amendment and wearing a wire as a joke or not. And the debate now is whether or not he was being sarcastic I actually find it very hard to believe that he said it seriously. It sounds much more like a joke, like, what are we going to do, wear a wire? What do you think? I mean, if Omarosa said it, <laughs> I would believe that she was definitely wearing a wire. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was a joke. Do people just joke about that in the White House all the time now? Let's wear a wire around Trump because then we can take him down. Maybe it's the kind of thing where it's like, I'm kidding. But do you like my idea? <laughs> yes, like when your boyfriend is like, wouldn't it be funny if we had a threesome? <laughs> but the other <laughs> But the other the other thing I, the other thing I was going to say, <laughs> you are laughing too hard at that. What? The other thing I was going to say is that, you know, when I read the story and they were like, "Oh, it's a jo- it was a joke." I think that this administration has demonstrated a sarcasm crisis from jump. And actually, um <laughs> Donald Trump was a subject of a comedy roast in, I think, 2015 that was legendary and how bad it was because Donald Trump, when he got, like, the jokes that were going to be made at his expense and, like, comedians who were working on writing those jokes said that when they were returned back to them, Donald Trump had, like, crossed out most of the punchlines. So I don't think the president (laughs) is a man who understands comedy or humor. I mean, it's that he, first of all, doesn't understand how to be funny, what jokes are, but also he surrounds himself with deeply unfunny people. Like Mike Huckabee is the least funny man who's ever been an American citizen. I don't know. I think some of those jokes are very good. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, Melania is up there doing Jane Curtin jokes from 1970. <laughs> she is the funniest person in the White House. <laughs> Melania is like an Andy Kaufman conceptual comedian <laughs> doing a very long bit. Yeah. No, she's she is, is it her? Is it not her? It could be Andy. It could is be it, Andy. Is it her? Is it Tony Clifton wearing a wig? We don't know. People saw Melania and Tony Clifton there at the same time, but like maybe that was part of it. Maybe they were part of it. Anyway, I don't know what to make of this story. It's Friday night when we're recording this. By Sunday, Rod Rosenstein may be fired, but maybe not. That was what broke today, but of course the big story going on this week has been the ongoing controversy around Brett Kavanaugh's nomination and the accusation that he committed an attempted sexual assault when he was in high school. This week, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford came forward as the anonymous accuser of Brett Kavanaugh in a piece in the Washington Post. The details of the alleged assault, first reported by the Me Too avenging angel Ronan Farrow, a.k.a. Ronan the Barbarian, (laughs) involved a drunk 17-year-old Brett Kavanaugh, the nominee for a lifetime appointment to the U.S. Supreme Court, holding down Dr. Ford and covering her mouth when she tried to scream. At times during the ordeal, Dr. Ford said she feared for her life. The only other alleged witness of the event, Mark Judge, wrote a book about his drunken youth with a character named Bart O. Kavanaugh. And even 
even opined in 2016, quote, when my high school buddies and I got together and exchanged memories of that time, we found ourselves genuinely shocked at the stuff we got away with. Reluctantly, Republicans were forced to call another hearing next week, asking both Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford to testify. Fearing a smear campaign and an ambush, Dr. Ford rightly demanded an FBI investigation into her allegation so other witnesses could be called to defend her and friends of Brett Kavanaugh would be forced to speak on the record. There was a bipartisan request for an FBI investigation during the Anita Hill controversy. And so it's actually incredible, but it seems like Republicans are not interested in doing as good a job as they did for Anita Hill. That's that's the standard, and yeah. that's the standard they are not meeting. Um, on Thursday morning, just as it seemed like Republicans were celebrating getting away with not interviewing Dr. Ford, she rescinded her demand and agreed to testify next week as long as they could ensure a fair hearing and her safety. And an under-the-radar story in this whole thing is just how many old-fashioned Republicans who claim to hate Trump's brash sexism are frothing at the mouth to get behind Kavanaugh. The National Review has basically become like a war room defending Brett Kavanaugh. There was a piece calling for Dianne Feinstein to be censured. There was a piece calling for a vote without further hearings. And this was a headline. In evaluating credibility, the signs point in Brett Kavanaugh's favor. Did they use a magic eight ball for that? God, okay. (laughs) That's a magic eight ball prediction. Okay, so The signs point in your favor. (laughs) (laughs) The signs point in your favor is also like a, what is it, a Hunger Games thing too? It's an Ace of Base song. It's a, yeah. (laughs) It was the the original version. Translate it. So here's the thing about Brett Kavanaugh. Like, he's obviously a longtime party hack. And he's obviously somebody who the machinery behind the party is confident will enact the corporatist, anti-human, anti-woman, anti-immigrant agenda that Republicans have had for decades. But the thing that's interesting to me is like, why this guy? This guy is mashed potatoes in a suit with an 80s teen sex comedy high school principal haircut. And he has no charisma. He like gets sweaty Whenever he, like, has a microphone near him, he's not somebody that in any way inspires any kind of confidence. Like, what about this man is so great that the Republican Party is like, you know what? I'm willing to put my chips, like, I'm, I'm willing to bet on this this person who's alleged to have, like, attempted to rape somebody when they were in high school. Like, aren't there any judges that have conservative principles that have not tried to rape somebody? Well, that's the thing. There are multiple, there are multiple people on the list from which Donald Trump was selecting judges. And what's strange to me is how much Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about Brett Kavanaugh. He he would fire Brett Kavanaugh out of a cannon into the sun. He doesn't care. He just wants to win. He doesn't want it to look bad. He doesn't want to seem like a loser. He doesn't seem like he lost something. That's all he seems to care about. The fact that they have rallied so hard behind Brett Kavanaugh, even though they could remove their support, leave him out to dry, he would remove his name. He'd remain a federal fucking judge. He's not going into prison. He's not on trial. He's still a federal judge. Worst and, case scenario, he gets a book deal. Right. Like, And they could... Uh, if I did it. <laughs> Part two. If I tried to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but, but for whatever reason, they've so committed to this guy. Part, I guess, because they don't believe they have the time to confirm somebody if they have to put somebody else up before the midterms. I, I don't really fully understand it. Merrick it's closing, Garland. It's closing time. The sun is coming up. That's how they feel. They're like, this is our guy now. Which is wild because as many scams as they've pulled, I feel like they could do a lightning round confirmation for anybody they pull out of it. Yeah, even Neil Gorsuch, who is a human Great Dane, like was like somehow like, okay, well, this guy doesn't seem like he tried to rape someone in high school. Nobody came out of the woodwork. The thing that was crazy, the thing that's like super crazy about this is that 
Donald Trump and by extension, the Republican Party, because that is what the Republican Party is now is Donald Trump, has aligned itself over and over again with so many people who are alleged to have committed sexual offenses, like sexual creeps. It's almost enough to make an entire verse of we didn't start the fire, but just about sex creeps that the GOP has supported. It's like and a literal... I think it would go a little something. <laughs> Emily, do it, because I did not write one. This. <laughs> I can't do it. It's, uh, the other thing, too, is that they keep coming back to this argument. like These are allegations from 35 years ago, and ever since he's been an exemplary man of integrity and grace and character. Actually, no. No. He hasn't been. He's lied every time he's testified under oath. He was a partisan hack. He was one of the most aggressive people pursuing Bill Clinton during the impeachment scandal, during the Monica Lewinsky. God, I hate when I refer to it, the Monica Lewinsky. During the Bill Clinton perjury mm-hmm. uh, scandal. Uh, there you go. Yeah. But but he was the one who was the most aggressive about wanting to ask Bill Clinton inappropriate questions. He seems to have the least scruples around what they did to Monica Lewinsky. He goes on to be a partisan hack inside the Bush administration, working with the Judiciary Committee to take stolen materials to help confirm their judges. He then is nominated for the federal courts, where he looks right at the Judiciary Committee and lies to their fucking faces about it. Uh, He is dissembled again and again about what happened with this guy. What's his name? Kaczynski? Kaczynski? The the fucking creep that he worked for. Also, speaking of him and Bush, (laughs) Bush came out and was like supporting Kavanaugh as well. And it's like, I knew that fucker would come around and prove that he is still the same person he's always been. So everyone else has been treating him like the old man from Up because (laughs) he was giving Michelle Obama candy and like he paints things like he's still an asshole. Right. I mean, and that that's funny about the, like the I mean, going back to last week, the letter from the 65 women who are like, well, he didn't even rape us a little bit. That's crazy to me. Second thing is that everybody, you know, on the right is like, oh, you know, it was youthful, youthful indiscretion. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Those are the same people that when it's men of color doing anything, stealing uh, something from a convenience store or in any way inflicting any sort of having a physical education with anybody else, they believe that they should be locked up forever. Central so Park like, Five. Dude, yes, exactly. So, like, when it's Brett Kavanaugh doing it, it's totally fine. They get space to totally, you know, grow back into society. When it's a young man of color, throw them in jail and lock Stick your dick in anything in Mayberry, but when it's in Harlem, no thanks. Yeah, well, no, it's not even stick your dick in anything. It's like if it's like walk a uh, jaywalk in Harlem and True. be yeah. in jail forever. And it's just, it's garbage. It's, um, you go to Georgetown Prep, your parents know the right people. You run in the right circles. You get a second chance. You get to rebound. You get leniency. You get somebody who squashes your record. You get socially passed. You get to go to the good college. You get the chance to be a kid. A third but chance, a fourth chance. chance. You get a chance. million chances. But everybody else, anybody else, they, you play for keeps. You got mm-hmm. community chess on Monopoly. Right. Yeah, like, well, I also think if you're a white guy and you have a rich dad, like the richer your dad is, the longer you get to be called a boy. Yeah. Like Donald if, Trump Jr. He's a boy. just a boy. And we're not he's a 40-year-old man. He's a 40-year-old boy. Can we're not I? even requiring any of these guys to wear propeller beanies, which I feel like is the <laughs> least they could do for us. Donald Trump Jr. is the one I hate the most. Like, I won't name any names, but <laughs> where Aaron and I previously used to work, when Donald Trump Jr. was getting divorced, I made a joke about it, and... Someone on the politics team had the nerve to send me an email and be like, he has a wife 
and kids. I'm like, do you Not see the long. shit that he retweets? <laughs> you see the shit that he retweets? But you want to be nice to Donald Trump Jr.? That's why we're in this predicament. There's also, um, there's also something about these conservative, supposedly serious people that the second one of their own is in this position of being doubted, being treated like an ordinary person whose word is not taken at face value, they really lose their fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Like, they, it seems inconceivable to them that one of their own might, might very well be lying to them. They can't process it. They're, they're too smart for that. I, I know Brett Kavanaugh. I know how Brett Kavanaugh is. I know the kind of man he is. I believe Brett Kavanaugh. Why? You've never been lied to by someone in your social circle before? People like you don't lie? Republicans don't lie? because they're all liars. And they're afraid that if Brett Kavanaugh goes down, then they could go down too. So one, yes. And so one last piece of this. On Thursday, uh, Ed Whelan, who runs a think tank <laughs> called the Ethics and Public Policy Center. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. Was previously E-P-P-C. called. EPPC. The EPPC. The EPPC. <laughs> or PP. The for sure. Yeah, PP for sure. EPCA. EPPC. EPCA. EPPC. Ed Whelan of EPCA called, he was called in Politico a, quote, sober minded straight shooter. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, he lost his fucking mind. He used maps and floor plans and speculation to accuse, by name, a different person in Brett Kavanaugh's high school of the alleged assault. It took him a full day to (laughs) retract it and apologize. And by the way, conservative media and conservatives were building up Ed Whelan's grand theory for days, being like, y'all gonna look pretty stupid when Ed Whelan gets a hand (laughs) on the facts. The Shelby (laughs) Woo of Twitter, Ed Whelan. (laughs) (laughs) And then he lays out this thing and everyone's like, you use fucking Zillow? You think you're going to prove the innocence of Brett Kavanaugh with a floor plan and fucking Zillow, you fucking lunatics? But that's not even the extent of his theory. The theory was that someone else who looks like Brett Kavanaugh was really the person who attempted to rape Ford. It was the twin. And I'm like, I've always thought that this administration was a ridiculous soap opera. But when we are really saying that someone legitimately has a <laughs> evil twin, yeah. that was the real attempted rapist, and she can't tell them apart, I'm like, is this all my children? Is is this it's like passions. Janet from another no, planet? It's passion. It's passions from passions. the '90s. Yeah, it's passions from the '90s. And actually, zombie Omarosa is gonna appear. There's and a send doll. us to hell in a closet. There's a there is a doll of Ed Whalen that lives in the FBI. The other thing is the the Whalen tweet uh, storm uh, kind of betrayed the fact that he knew the name of somebody that wasn't public. Right. So that's the other piece of this. It was such a fucking miscalculation. So first of all, there were days of this theory being floated. So clearly Ed Whelan, who's not just some rando, he is a deeply connected person, very much involved in the confirmation process. He refers to the home of somebody who is not yet publicly named and still as of this moment is not publicly named. Not only that, uh, the Washington Post reported right before we recorded that on Sunday, Ford noticed that even before her name became public, Whelan appeared to be seeking information about her. That morning, Ford alerted an associate via email that Whelan had looked at her LinkedIn page, according to the email, which was reviewed by the Post. LinkedIn <laughs> allows some subscribers to see who views their pages. Ford sent the email about 90 minutes after the Post shared her name with a White House spokesman and hours before her identity was revealed in a story posted on the White House. So this is they're going to come up with some fucking lie oh about my this. God. But basically, the White House got the name, they fed it to Ed Whelan, and then he was at his red string 
in his uh-huh. lair, putting it together. He's trying like, to we lo- start with LinkedIn, <laughs> the most important social network where everyone is constantly updating with all of the most vital info. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, CBS is going to greenlight a series where detectives solve rape cases using LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, basically now, this guy Ed Whelan has put this theory out there. It's totally blown up in their faces. But the one thing it has led to, it has led to an important question, which is, how much did Brett Kavanaugh and the people of Brown Brett Kavanaugh know about the fact that this guy who they know who's very much involved in the process, was going to float this theory. And they're, of course, denying it. But again, Brett Kavanaugh is not some guy with a lot of credibility here. He lied about his relationship to the nomination process of uh, Judge Pryor. He lied about being aware of the spying scandal and what was happening with the Senate Judiciary Committee when they were leaking information to the Bush White House. The idea that he has some unblemished record leading up to this, you just can't trust him. If you're going with the idea that there's this other person who probably did it, that means you're like, okay, yes, Ford was actually assaulted. Someone tried to rape her, which means that at some point they started thinking, oh, this actually happened to her. She's not lying. We need an alternate theory. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's like a calculation among Republicans that they're like, oh, we can't alienate the women because if we're publicly, there's never been a female Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Never. And there's not a female Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee now. It's a bunch of white guys. And those are the people who Kavanaugh is going to have to testify or has testified in front of. And those are the people that are going to vote him to the, the full Senate. The thing is that they, I think that they think that this is like shorthand to getting women to like them. But the truth of the matter is that Kavanaugh has also lied about his stance on Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. which is like the most hostile possible stance to have as a judge. If you're anti Roe v. Wade and you're lying about it in order to convince people who are more moderate to confirm you, that's so insidious. I got to say, if this is their plan to not alienate women, it is working. I'm on board, baby. Emily is oh, wearing women. a Kavanaugh pin. Women as for Kavanaugh. Women for Kavanaugh. Yeah. She got here she on that is, bus. Kavanaugh, yes, yes. <laughs> she was one of the five women on that 100 I'm not <laughs> double in the decker picture. Yeah. I'm not in the picture because I was driving. <laughs> and that's the news. <laughs> if you or someone you know has suffered sexual assault or rape, there is help. Call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 800 656 Hope or talk to somebody online by visiting rainorg rain.org. When we come back, okay, stop. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. And we're back! Now it's time for a game called OK Stop. (laughs) 
we'll roll a clip and the panel can say, OK, stop at any point to comment. The New York Times is the gray hope of American journalism. <laughs> they have been home to some of the best writers in American history and Brett Stevens. But, <laughs> but one New York Times opinion writer, Barry Weiss, loves to say incredibly awful shit. But I believe that she's completely sincere in what she believes happened. And maybe it did happen exactly as she said 36 years ago, although we all know memory's capricious. But the okay, idea stop. that it's not a... Okay, stop. You know what the least cute thing you can do as a girl is say things so the boys like you. And I feel like Barry Weiss's entire career has been like, so the boys like me. Every single issue that has come up that has pitted any woman's word against the male dominant status quo, Barry Weiss has come down on the side of like, I think it's guys. I think it's a guys. I think they're right. I think it's good. And like her doubting the account of Dr. Ford is so on like brand for Barry Weiss that it's almost boring to me. It's capricious. First of all, it's pronounced ceviche. Um, <laughs> she's always using these words she doesn't know. She worked for the Times. Yeah. And she said that's exactly what it is. And it, you know what's very very different about this case as opposed to a lot of the other Me Too stories. It's like that famous New York Times ad that I think is so excellent. This is not a paid ad for okay, me. Stop. Okay, stop. Gotta get that promo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, also, just to add to that, Barry Weiss has never in history come down on the side of the person who has been accusing somebody of sexual assault. She's always like, well, this is different from the other Me Too cases. It's like, Barry, in every other Me Too case, you came down on the side of doubting the person that was bringing the charges. Like, how is this different? Is this different in that you feel a little more bad or less bad about your stance? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's he said, she said, he said, she said, she said, she said, she said, she said. Okay, the stop. By the seashore. <laughs> <laughs> By the seashore. You can start it again. <laughs> In all of these instances is that there's been a sustained pattern. And that was around by Bill Cosby. All, by all accounts. And, and, and by the way, Harvey, want, Nate, let's go, we can go through them. The ones that have stuck, there's been a pattern. Right. By all accounts, other than this instance, Brett okay, Kavanaugh stop. has a reputation. This one... Can't be true because Brett Kavanaugh wasn't like raping everybody on Sorority Row. I always hate when people are like, of course, the Weinstein thing stuck, you know, because like there were a whole bunch of people who said yes. You know, it's like some people commit murder once. Yeah, it's, it's not, still you don't murder. Get it. And when you get away with it, you're like, okay, cool. But not going to do that again. OJ, OJ Simpson, one bad night. Yeah, but what about all the. <laughs> That's her argument. But what about all the people he didn't murder? I, but that's a, that's another thing that I think when it comes to like her mindset, which is extremely not original. It's a sort of like a mild version of like the alt right. They use like the most extreme examples of something to prove that lesser versions of that are not serious. It's like if you were walking down the street and somebody beat you up, and you went to the cops and they were like, "Well, you know." Ted Bundy killed like 30 people. So you kind of only just got beat up. It's like, yeah, but what happened is still bad. It's and also there are 14 women at least who have accused Donald Trump, and that doesn't seem to factor in. I think it's in. a higher number than that. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it is. Right. And, and also, he said, she said, he said, no. Mark Judge, witness, says, I don't recall. She says, yes, it happened. She said it in 2012 that it happened. She said it at the time that it happened. She's told people about it. She's playing a long game. Yeah. Love it. A very long game.
It's a he he said she said therapist's notes notes sh- said husband mm. said witness refuses to deny by the seashore. <laughs> <laughs> what happened is Ford was just you know walking through D.C. overheard Kavanaugh saying, you know what, I'm going to be on the Supreme Court in six years, and, and she was like, you know what, I got you. Yeah, that's what Barry is. That's what that's what Barry's saying. As being a prince of a man, frankly, other than this. Okay, okay so. stop. A prince, you mean like inbred and like shouldn't have power? Also, Harry, start- Harry just got married this year. Like, we've seen a real prince. It's, um, <laughs> but again, it's like, it's this, it's this crazy thing where we doubt the accuser because of his sterling record. We also reject your suggestion he doesn't have a sterling record because you're partisan and we want him to win. So... When you say that he lied or dissembled for years around the various partisan uh, games he played in politics, when he was at the White House, when he was a judge, when he was under oath, we reject your implication. Or we just, out of a kind of cognitive bias, out of the bubble we live in, we don't even see it. Like, you say he lied, we don't even address it. We reject it. We don't let it into our opinion of him as a man. So we have this pristine notion of Brett Kavanaugh, which your very sincere objections, your intellectually honest objections to that characterization don't pierce. And then you use that unpierced idea to defend him from a credible rape allegation. This is a story you're telling yourselves. You're telling yourselves a story about Brett Kavanaugh, prince of a man. How deep does the snake's tail go into its mouth before it becomes its own poop? Exactly. No, that's exactly that's exactly that is something. The question. That's a hundred percent. We're all picturing totally it. Don't try it on you, me. You, and I and, and how dare don't, you? Don't how dare me. you be the one to raise the Ouroboros on my show? <laughs> I believe her. I believe what she's saying. I'm just saying in the end of the day, it is one. Here's one, what, here's one, what I okay, stop. Her. Okay, stop. No, 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 no. If you believe her and you believe what she's saying, then Brett Kavanaugh is not a fucking prince. He's somebody who has an offense in his history that is a disqualifying thing. If anybody who is at 17 capable of holding a girl down and sexually assaulting her is not worthy of being well, appointed to I the Supreme Court. I think what she's saying is that uh, she believes that Ford believes that this happened, and we do know that memory is fallible. That's why you need to investigate it. And I think right. that's the thing is she's saying, why investigate it? It's like, no, this is a reason to slow this the fuck down and look as deep into it as we possibly can she before believes. we nominate him for a fucking <laughs> lifetime appointment. Moral, cultural, like the ethical question here. Let's say he did this exactly as she said. Should the fact that a 17-year-old, presumably very drunk kid, okay, did this stop. Be- Yes. Yes, it absolutely should. I know plenty of men. Like, the reason that I think that I'm perpetually disappointed in men is that I was raised by a good man, and my brother is a good man, and I was surrounded by good men as a child. So when when I encounter shitty men, I'm like, okay, come on. I know you don't have to do this. I'm used to men being trash because my father abandoned me. But moving on, um, (laughs) I think... That no, this let's is... dig into this. <laughs> I feel like there's it. more work to do. Uh, this is insane to me because it's it's exactly what we were talking about before. You know, a black teenager, a immigrant, anyone else does something while under the influence. It's like. They're a monster. Mm-hmm. And they're, a, they're an example of why nobody else who belongs to their demographic should be given any opportunities yes. ever. But this white boy was drunk, tried to assault someone. It's okay. He wouldn't do it again while he was drinking. Does he still drink? 
Yeah. It's also, Give him a wine spritzer and will he hold you down next to your ottoman? Also, the excuse for the crime is that he was also committing another crime of <laughs> drinking illegally. He was drinking <laughs> under <laughs> it's, um This idea of forgiveness, it is amazing what it takes for certain conservatives to discover Christian charity and the idea that people can change and grow. Yeah. And it turns out that what it takes is being someone that looks like them and, and runs in their circles and sounds like them, has their beliefs. And it doesn't take that person apologizing. Right. I mean, it, And can give them a tax break. He is denying it. It seems as though he's never made any kind of amends. He's not even admitting anything ever even took place. Yeah. Uh, we are in the middle of something really big. And what we have learned is not that we have been f- not forgiving men enough. We've learned that we built an apartheid state where women had to endure incredible misery and live with secrets because it wasn't even until 10 years after Kavanaugh may have committed this that Time Magazine even named something called date rape, right, to even begin to name the horrible experience that women had to bear. And 36 years later, the only person deserving of forgiveness, the only person deserving of of charity, of a, of a right to live and grow and have their own and, and survive their choices and their experiences. Brett fucking Kavanaugh, he's the only one. No one's saying that Dr. Ford deserves remuneration or a chance to live a life without the pain she had. No one's saying that, that, all, that so many women who have lived with so many secrets for so long, no one's saying to them, we're sorry. Mm-hmm. No. Brett Kavanaugh deserves our largesse. Brett Kavanaugh fuck that. Yeah, I mean, and that's something that we talked about it on Hysteria this week. That's something that women carry with them everywhere. Every single woman I know has, like, a bunch of stories that are like, this fucked up thing happened to me. And they kind of keep it to themselves or they share it with a small group of friends. And it affects you. It affects you. What happened to Dr. Ford obviously affected her. Her friends say it affected her. Like, she says it affected her. Kavanaugh was able to, like, just have this kind of flight of fancy, carry on with his life, and now everyone is expected to just, like, let him do it. Qualifying. That's, like, the question at the end of the day. We're not talking about should he be disqualified to be a dog catcher. This half is still talking. How long is this clip? <laughs> Are we almost at the end? We're talking about to oh, be. Oh, I'm a aware. Supreme Court justice. Yes, like, those are two different things. So maybe they should choose Amy Coney Barrett, which is what I know a lot of my <laughs> Okay, stop. We definitely shouldn't choose Amy Coney Barrett. She's terrible, but at least she didn't rape anybody or try to rape anybody. Man. We're in this fight over Kavanaugh, and like the best case scenario is they remove Kavanaugh, just put some other fucking heinous person. Uh, is that their plan? Is that their plan to be like, here's a really terrible option, and they present us with someone else? Yeah, it's and like everyone's a realtor. Like, yes, okay, yeah, that guy, that's yeah. fine. That's why their behavior is so fucking surprising. Because if they yeah. pull the court on this guy and nominate some other heinous person that you'll let breeze through. Well, here's the thing: the longer they hang on, the longer they hang on. If his nomination gets derailed, that opens up the very real possibility that Democrats could take back the Senate if everybody goes out and votes and that opens up the possibility that Donald Trump's nomination to the Supreme Court could be stalled for a very long time could be Merrick Garland times two do not jinx it I'm just saying everybody needs everybody needs to fucking vote if you're listening please Please vote vote. please vote please vote oh my god vote or die vote or die vote vote and die I don't care just get the vote in (laughs) vote and or die all right when we come back we're gonna play a game about Anita Hill Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! 
and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. And we're back. Very special in-studio recording of Love It or Leave It. I'm here with Aaron Ryan. Yeah. Ira Madison. Hey. Say hi. That's not my name. The third. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and Emily Heller. What's <laughs> uh, And the frog from that commercial. <laughs> Who speaks for her? It's like this is a topical podcast, right? Yeah. It was Dilly Dilly before Dilly Dilly existed. What? Huh? Yeah, you know that. Never mind. For the last week, the media has been <laughs> obsessing over the possibility of a joint hearing on Monday between Brett Kavanaugh and his childhood classmate, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. And it seems like everyone is comparing this to the disgusting spectacle that was the Anita Hill hearings. But we realize that a lot of people, especially the violently young employees of Crooked Media, didn't know the full details of what happened. So we thought we'd give everyone a primer on the Anita Hill story in a game we are calling History Repeats Itself, especially when it has to do with powerful men and their insatiable need to sexually demean everyone around them. Uh, would someone out there like to play the game? <laughs> let's uh, let's make Megan play. Uh, hi, Megan. Where are you from? Los Angeles. <laughs> Thanks for being. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Megan. Thank you. <laughs> are you familiar with Anita Hill? Yes. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> Question number one. Clarence Thomas hired Anita Hill to work for him at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in 1981. During that time, how did Clarence Thomas conduct himself with Hill professionally? Is it A? Clarence Thomas often sent Anita engaging and humorous memes, but they were never too risque because he always remembered it was a professional slack conversation. Singe, don't burn, he said, of his memes. <laughs> or is it B? He asked her out many times during the years they worked together and used work situations to discuss sex. He would call her into his office to discuss reports on education, but would show her videos of group sex or rape scenes. He would comment on her physical appearance and what she was wearing in terms of whether it made her more or less sexually attractive. Or was it C? Um, hello, read the name, the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission. There's no way he was a shitty boss. It would be far too ironic and honestly not believable. What's next? Almost every person who impeached Bill Clinton was also lying about their sex lives. I'm going to say B. Can you do it with like a little bit more kind of, I don't know, energy? Some gusto. <laughs> I'm going to say sadly B. Great. Oh, good. She's doing it like a guest. <laughs> All right. Question number two. During the Nita Hill hearings, who made up the Senate Judiciary Committee? Is it A? It was the first ever all-female Senate ju committee called the W Judiciary Committee. <laughs> it looked a lot like the male Judiciary Committee, but the hearings were rarely televised, and some committee members had to take second jobs because of low pay. Or is it B? The committee was a ragtag gang of misfits who were brought together for one last job. There was the ringleader, the munitions expert, the muscle, the hacker, and a slew of other colorful characters. In the end, they overcame their differences and even came to see themselves as a kind of family before they got down to business and installed a sexual predator on the bench of the highest court in the land. Or is it C? Fourteen white men, and after the committee vote to recommend Thomas failed in a tie, seven to seven, Joe Biden, who chaired the committee, allowed Thomas's nomination to go to the floor without a recommendation. Unfortunately, I'm going to say C. You got it, Megan. <laughs> Just a withering, That's just a withering stare horrible. from me. He sounds kind of right, too. Yeah. 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 Question Maybe there was no muscle. 
<laughs> Question number three. Who was the muscle run hatch? Question number three. In the 90s, journalists and pundits were unrelenting with their criticism of Anita Hill. Journalist David Brox was one of the worst. He published in-depth attacks on Anita Hill for American Spectator magazine and even wrote a book called The Real Anita Hill, which was praised by The Washington Post as a serious work of investigative journalism and The New York Times as carefully reasoned and powerful in its logic. What has David Brock said about his work since? Is it A? Brock now describes the book as a, quote, character assassination and has since disavowed its premise. He says he lied specifically to protect Clarence Thomas and said he did everything he could to, quote, ruin Anita Hill's credibility using, quote, virtually every derogatory and often contradictory allegation I had collected on Hill. Or is it B? (laughs) He says the book is good, but not great. If he could do it all over again, he'd love to include a chapter that blames Anita Hill for Gamergate. (laughs) <laughs> or was it C? Brock admits to slandering Anita Hill, but in his defense, he said it, he did it to benefit himself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Megan? A. You got it, Megan. Uh. And finally, question number four. On Tuesday, Anita Hill wrote a New York Times op-ed titled, How to Get the Kavanaugh Hearings Right. How did she describe her own experience in 1991? Is it A? Anita Hill wrote, if I could give it zero stars, I would. (laughs) Or is it B? In 1991, the Senate Judiciary Committee had an opportunity to demonstrate its appreciation for both the seriousness of sexual harassment claims and the need for public confidence in the character of a nominee to the Supreme Court. It failed on both counts. Today, the public expects better than what we got in 1991. When our representatives performed in ways that gave employers permission to mishandle workplace harassment complaints throughout the following decades. That the Senate Judiciary Committee still lacks a protocol for vetting sexual harassment and assault claims that surfaced during a confirmation hearing suggests that the committee has learned little from the Thomas hearing, much less from the more recent Me Too movement. Or is it C? In a characteristic display of poise and wry understatement, Hill wrote that it fucking sucked shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say B. Megan, you've won the game. You've gotten that one right. you got all of them right. Thank you, Megan, for playing. (laughs) We come back. We're going to play a game about close elections. So many games. (laughs) Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. And we're back. If you're one of the many young people who thinks your vote doesn't matter, or you happen to buy drugs from one of the many young people who thinks their vote doesn't matter, we want to change your mind. So we thought as we are in the final home stretch, the last few weeks before the election, we wanted uh, to highlight how much one vote can matter in a game we're calling Close Elections of the Absurd Kind. Would anyone out there like to play the game? I pick Roman. <laughs> Hi, what's your name? My name's Roman. And uh, where are you from, Roman? I'm from New Jersey. Cool. Uh, <laughs> do you know about democracy? 
Uh, democracy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. In 2017, a Virginia Statehouse race was certified a tie after a recount and a review from a three-judge panel appointed by the Virginia Supreme Court. The winner of the seat would tip the balance of the House of Delegates from either Republican or Democrat. How did the state decide who won? Is it A? The names of each candidate were placed inside a film canister, and the winner would be drawn at random. Republican incumbent David Yancey won the draw and the seat, giving Republicans control of the House 51 to 49, and which they have used to draw racist district lines and undermine their Democratic governor at all costs. Or is it B? The Republicans got the seat Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The Democrats got Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And they alternated Sundays, except for two weeks every summer where each party got to take the whole district on vacation. The meeting point was a Chuck E. Cheese, which seemed like a good idea because we loved Chuck E. Cheese. But then, in time, it became associated with the dull, achy feeling of never having all your family at once. <laughs> what was it C? The candidates were sent home and the seat was to be granted to the first person who could pull the state sword from this big rock behind the marshals in Richmond. After many tried and failed, a child miraculously succeeded on his first try. And that boy grew up to be Virginia Senator Tim Kaine. <laughs> what do you think, Roman? I think A. It is. It's A. A tied election. One vote would have tipped the balance of the entire legislature. That is nuts. Question two. Uh, Roman, buckle up because this one is not multiple choice. New Hampshire Republican State Senator Harold French has recently voted against protections for the trans community, voted against protections for animals from pet shops, and was rated 93% by the NRA. When he was elected in 2016, without going over, how many votes did he win by? One? No. Mm. It was 17. Just 17. 17. I feel like they're in a way to build up the anxiety there. <laughs> what should I have done differently, you think? I think we shouldn't have started with the one where it was one vote. Yeah, we should have yeah. ended on the one with one vote. We should have started and ended at one vote. Or should we record it with him guessing like 200? We could have been then... like, is yeah. it A, less than 15, B, 15, or C, more than 15? Like, should have been multiple choice. Yeah, why don't you just guess? Just say, like, hey, Roman. Guess 300. Roman, guess 237, please. <laughs> 237. Wrong. It was 17. What a bad guess. Young enough for Drake to text. The <laughs> worst. Question number three. In 2000, George W. Bush defeated Al Gore by a little over 500 votes in the state of Florida, which decided the outcome of the presidential election. In that same election, more than 100,000 people in Florida voted for third-party candidates. After becoming president by just 500 votes, what did George W. Bush accomplish? Is it A? He started a war with Iraq under false pretenses, resulting in the deaths of thousands of Americans and hundreds of thousands of Iraqis, many of whom were civilians. The war further destabilized the Middle East, creating conditions that helped lead to the formation of ISIS. Is it B? During Hurricane Katrina, Bush was slow to act on reports that the levees in New Orleans were failing, and he waited more than a day after the hurricane made landfall to return from vacation. Over 1,000 people died in the aftermath of Katrina, and countless others were displaced. Or was it C? Bush officials leaked classified information to journalist Robert Novak, who then outed Valerie Plame as a covert CIA officer. This was done to retaliate against Plame's husband, who criticized Bush's justification for the war in Iraq in a Times op-ed. No charges were filed for the leak, but Scooter Luby was convicted for lying to investigators. Bush commuted his sentence. Or was it D? 
Bush enacted tax cuts that eradicated the record surplus from the Clinton years and erased the federal deficit to a new record, all to benefit the rich. The tax cuts resulted in higher fees and co-pays for veterans and people on Medicaid and by simultaneously requiring a cut to loan programs and a greater financial burden on state governments. The tax cuts helped exacerbate the student debt crisis, all without delivering the job creation benefits Bush promised. Or was it E? George W. Bush and his allies in the RNC led the successful 2004 effort to enshrine anti-gay marriage amendments in state constitutions across the country and turn out evangelical voters in the presidential race. Was it F? The Bush administration gave us ICE. Or was it G? George W. Bush created the conditions that led to books like Michael Moore's Dude, Where's My Country? What do you think, Roman? Is it all of the above? It is all of the above. You redeemed yourself. Everybody give it up to, for Roman from New Jersey. He Fuck won. that old man from Up. <laughs> yeah. He was bad. He was bad and he should be remembered as being bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's got this sort of like Trump glow, but like it'll, fa- it'll, it'll pass. He'll go back. We'll remember. George W. Bush knocked an iced coffee out of my hand and punched me in the face once. When we come back, the rant wheel. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It and there's more on the way. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. And we're back! Now, for the rant wheel, you know how it works. We spin the wheel wherever it lands. That's the topic we talk about. This week on the rant wheel, we have whatever we want, because there's actually no rant wheel, because we're in the studio. (laughs) But each of our guests has brought a topic they wanted to rant about. I hope they remember what it is, because I don't even have it written on my card. So let's spin the wheel. It has landed on whatever Emily Heller suggested. Woo! All right, so I think it's in Greece, but there are these spiders who are going to have this big sex party, and they made this big web that's like a 1,000 feet long, and it's covering the entire beach. And um, I'm for it. <laughs> I think it's great. It has a, That story has a lot of nouns in it that I like. Spider. Sex. Party. Web. Thousand. Grease. Beach. Grease. Oh. Beach. I hate the beach, and I'm glad that spiders ruined it for other people. And I'm glad that they did it in such a Halloween-y kind of way. And I also just think, first of all, this is how we all fuck. So I don't know why people are freaking out about it so hard. And also, I don't judge anyone for what they do. Um, so yeah. I just I, everything about this story is great, except for the pictures. Don't look at the pictures because they're very scary. <laughs> <laughs> who knew spiders had circuit parties in Greece too? <laughs> yeah, who knew? Let's spin it again. It has landed on what Ira suggested. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is about Burton Ernie. Ooh, Sesame Street came out with a statement against a writer who had created them, saying that they weren't gay, they were just friends who wanted to teach people about friendship. And then they walked it back again, and then they walked it back, they they put out another statement to try and fix how people reacted to that first statement. And I just think it's dumb. I think it's dumb 
for them to even comment on it. I think it was dumb for everyone on the internet to talk about how Burton Ernie being gay meant everything for gay representation and, you know, like hanging everything about gay rights on these felt fucking puppets. <laughs> um, I just found the whole thing silly. It's very silly. It was very silly of them to put out that statement. They did not need to. They could have just said nothing. Also, to be a puppet is to have a human hand in your butt forever. (laughs) So, like, I don't know what sexuality that is, but it's not mine. It's everybody's. They are also (laughs) clearly gay. It's everybody. They're they're clearly gay. Do you know how many times Ernie says faggot every episode? (laughs) And he's allowed to. I will say this. I do agree that it is all quite silly, and of course they're puppets. However, it really does bother me that Kermit and Miss Piggy have been having their I'm or foo for so many fucking years. They're, they are clearly straight puppets. They have a sexual orientation. Miss Piggy is a ravenous lady who's okay. got the hots Cardi, for Cardi B Kermit. is practically playing as Piggy Pussy Pops all over Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is constantly jumping on every man I in mean, sight. I mean, we don't have time for it this episode, but I have a whole theory about, like, Muppet astrology. I know you do. Yeah. I know you do, and it's, we do not have time. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> which, one, which one's a Leo? <laughs> we'll talk about it all So, later. all right. It's actually deeply, it's chilling, and it is quite good, but I just, I, look, as Aaron and I have discussed previously, I am a Miss Piggy in the scene with Joan Rivers getting the makeup on. That's who I am. That's what I am. I analyzed inside. it in a van on the way to a show in Boston. It was exactly what I am. However, so so Miss Piggy has a sexual orientation. Kermit has a sexual orientation. They're just puppets are either straight or they're nothing. And I feel like that sucks. That's all. It does bother me. I think uh, Kermit's asexual that? and he's mm. been bullied into a relationship by Miss Piggy. I think Kermit is a guy who thinks he's really nice but actually isn't nice. That's Kermit. That is Kermit. I think Elmo is killing all those celebrities who visit him. (laughs) (laughs) Let's spin it again. (laughs) It has landed on whatever Aaron suggested. I suggested sleeves. Uh, I am a... (laughs) Sleeves? Sleeves. Welcome to L.A. (laughs) Uh, You might notice I'm not wearing sleeves. I'm not talking about, like, the concept of sleeves. I'm talking specifically about sleeves in women's fashion. This is something I first clocked a few years ago. I was like, wow, sleeves are getting a little crazy. Because every time I would go to a store, I noticed that there was like, oh, we're putting a ruffle on the, the, the wrist. Or, yeah, there's now it's a little big. When I first noticed it, I was like, okay, this is a trend that nobody's going to buy into. And then what's going to happen is that people who make clothes are going to be like, oh, no one's buying it. We abandon it. What has happened is that designers have doubled down. If you try to buy a women's top right now, it looks like you're fucking Anne Shirley in your puffed sleeves and it's the green gables and there is no... There's no regular clothing to be bought. And I actually did some research into this. And the last time sleeves got enormous and crazy was like during the Andrew Jackson administration because there was a ton of like weird global upheaval. Anyway, are point- you forgetting the 80s? What are you? <laughs> no, no. I mean, like the, that was that was like the 80s were sort of a rehash of that. This is like a sort of like and also the 80s were crazy, too, man. Like. Yeah. Ronald Reagan was crazy. This is crazy. So anyway, Aaron sleep- Manuel Miranda over here. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> Tell us more about Andrew Jackson. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to rap about it, and you're going to hate yourself so much for asking. You're going to be like, I made Aaron rap about it. No, sleeves can go fu- sleeves and fuck themselves. I'm not going to buy a shirt unless it has normal-ass sleeves. Or no sleeves. The end. Let's spin it again. It has landed on the topic I want to rant about. 
Shut up. And that topic is Ted Cruz sending out mailers to people that look like summonses to fool old people into donating money to his campaign. And it sucks. There was a, uh, a report that came out that said uh, we're approaching the point at which half of all calls are fake. Like half of all phone calls people are getting on their cell phones are scams. And it is so despicable. <laughs> like Ted Cruz is running the smallest and most despicable little campaign against Beto O'Rourke. Beto is running a campaign about health care, about immigration, about really big issues, and he's doing it in a generally positive way. Ted Cruz is running the shiftiest, scummiest, piece-of-shit campaign. And I know that I'm biased, obviously, but but seriously, go look at Ted Cruz's Twitter and go look at Beto O'Rourke's Twitter. Beto O'Rourke's Twitter is about what's happening to the country and the policies for this country and the big challenges we face. It is a campaign to meet Ted Cruz you know, head to head about what actually a campaign should be about. Here's what I stand for. What do you stand for? Ted Cruz is going around saying Beto Rourke's going to he's surrounded by celebrities. He wants to ban barbecue. Colin Kaepernick, Nancy Pelosi. He cannot run an honest campaign against Beto Rourke. He cannot even run an honest mailer to raise money against Beto Rourke because Beto Rourke is actually appealing to people. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz can't appeal to people. We should have saw the mailer coming. I mean, didn't he used to taunt the police with mail? when he was killing victims in San Francisco <laughs> in the 70s. <laughs> that is his M.O. Oh, Anonymous He's keeping mailers. the post office alive. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's always leaving clues. And also, secondary rant. I want to rant, I really want to rave about a dress and a purse held by one <laughs> Emily Heller. Hell yeah. At the Emmys. It was so fucking That's good. That's me. Emily, <laughs> Emily w- carried a purse with her to the Emmys that said on it, Getty Images. It didn't just say Getty Images. It was the Getty Images logo. It was the Getty Images logo so that whenever she was in a picture that said Getty Images on it, it also said Getty Images <laughs> on her purse. <laughs> she was a living logo for Getty Images. And it was one of those things where... You see it and you think, I can't believe that no one has ever done that before. That's so cool. Yeah, thank you so brilliant. much. It was brilliant. Uh, I gotta say, so I ordered the purse about a month ago, uh, and then I had to somehow not post on the internet that I was gonna do that for a month. And I swear to God, uh, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I really impressed myself. I can't believe I pulled it off. You that picture, the picture of you with this great smile on your face it just says <laughs> look at my dumb fucking purse <laughs> it is so good it made me so happy it's like an original i i can't believe no one it's it is so rare now that somebody does something that stupid but like to be fair i think Catherine heigl did it three years ago but no one knew who she was and didn't take a photo yeah <laughs> I mean, truly, the move was I was like, they're not going to take my picture otherwise. I'm nominated and they're not going to take my picture. I need to do something. I got there at the very beginning when the red carpet opened. I got there three hours before the ceremony and then I just had to sit inside the theater for two and a half hours. That is the and it move. Was, it was me and George R.R. R. Martin just sitting in the amphitheater <laughs> waiting for the show. <laughs> I hope, you brought, I hope you brought snacks. I hope you brought snacks because snacks you need them. I did bring snacks I brought way more snacks than we even ate and then I just had to carry around a bunch of snacks that misshaped my bag 
Anyway. <laughs> well, anyway, I loved it. Thank you so much. I couldn't have been happier with how it went. I just, I want to thank uh, the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's end on a high note. Uh, <laughs> Vote Save America. We've got new shit. After almost two years of Donald Trump threatening everything we care about and the Republican Party doing absolutely nothing to stop him, November 6th is the day we finally have the chance to take some power back. But research shows that the majority of young people still aren't sure whether they're actually going to vote. It's either because, one, they don't know how or where to vote, or two, they don't know what's on their ballot and don't want to vote the wrong way, or three, they don't think their vote matters. That's why we launched VoteSaveAmerica.com, our step-by-step guide to getting your ass to the polls. And this week we added some new shit. Now you can check if you're registered and register in one go. It takes 30 seconds to check and two minutes to register. You can also see what's up with your state, like registration deadlines, voter ID rules, and candidates you should be following in tough races near you. Soon, we'll even have your ballot available in plain English so you can see and understand what you're voting on before you get to the voting booth. You can also find events where you can volunteer, so it's like everything you need. So shut up and pledge to vote already. Be a voter. Save America. I want to thank Aaron Ryan, Ira Madison III. Not the second, not the first, the third. I'm the, the fourth. Four. I'm the fourth now. And Emily Heller for being in this first of a first of many. This was fun. In studio, love it this or leave so it. Fun. This was a blast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good night.